I just wanted to get a client to prove to myself that I could do it because like mindset was, I had a lot of limiting beliefs about what I could do. And I think that's become clear to me over this last year, because it's been about a year since I decided, oh, just over a year since I decided to make the leap into freelancing. And it's amazing how much you discover about how your limiting beliefs are actually holding you back. And you, until you actually, like you can hear people talking about it and the community's help and everything. But then I think it's like, I just wanted to get a client, not someone that was like a friend of a friend, <laughs> you know, someone who I had actually sent a DM to using your pitching method and getting them to respond and saying, yeah, actually we would like some work. And when I did, it was like, aha, it's a eureka moment. And this actually works, This it can be done. I, I was awful at pitching, like I, I mean, I think I said before, I'm really inconsistent and I st still something I kind of got to work on. But so, so that was my goal and that was what I achieved after about, about four weeks, five weeks of doing it. And then it snowballed a bit since then. Matt, welcome to the Paid Copywriter Podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you today and learn about your experience as a freelance copywriter. Let's jump right in. Tell us where you're from and what type of writing you do. Okay, so I'm, I'm based in southeast of England and I do content writing in the e-learning space, education, ed tech, just the general education sector. I focus on ebooks and white papers, really, so long-form content and long-form blogs as well. Wonderful. And you and I have that in common. We're both in the B2B technology niche, specifically targeting e-learning. So it's been fun for me to kind of see the projects you're getting and give you my insights based on past projects I've done. Okay, so tell me about your background before you pursued freelance writing. Like what led you to this moment with what you're doing now? Yeah, so I was in I was in teaching for twenty just over twenty years, and I've always I've always written and enjoyed writing sort of creatively. I just got increasingly a bit of an itch to do something slightly different. I didn't want to just sort of climb the ladder within teaching, particularly, and it's quite stressful. It's just not completely what I wanted to do. And I, I mean, I did quite a lot of content writing within education. So I, I wrote a couple of tech revision guides, which were published for, for A-level, which is sort of higher level students. And I, I ran a blog as well on philosophy, which is what I was teaching for like about 10 years. And so, yeah, I just thought that, you know, I wanted, I always enjoyed writing and I want to do something more with that. And I thought, well, you know, content writing, could be a thing that I could do as a way of earning money. And then I saw, you know, a lot of stuff. I was started watching YouTube about alternative ways to earn money, as many people do. And then I obviously saw yourself and other people giving lots of information about how to start doing this. So that's kind of what I thought I'd give it a try. That's amazing. I think teachers specifically have such a unique advantage and are so well suited to writing because teachers are people who they do research. Many teachers mm. are really good writers and understand mm. writing or grade papers or do all that stuff. So 20 years you were teaching, that's kind of a big shift. And actually, I want to ask you this. It seems like you took 
the past, like your past teaching experience and maybe use that as your chosen niche. And a lot Mm. of people have some hesitation about that because they're like, well, I'm really burnt out of my prior career. I don't want to write about this. Um, What niche should I choose? And you know, as being in 30 Days to Paid, I do persuade people to choose something they have tangible experience in because it makes for a really powerful elevator pitch yourself. So tell me about the decision. Cause it sounds like you were kind of burnt out of teaching, but you did choose that as your niche. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was because it, it is for everyone. It was a really tricky kind of decision to make. And I don't know whether <laughs> I'm still wondering whether to pivot, but it it was, so it was a decision I made sort of early on. Like I'm just, okay. I'm just going to just sort of nail my colors to the mast and I'm going to try being, you know, in the kind of education space because and then I think it was yourself and quite a few other people were sort of saying obviously in the absence of anything else any other experience like at least you can you can say look I'm an insider I know all of the different personas in this industry I can you know speak to the teacher the the manager the, the student the parent and all that sort of stuff so in that in that in terms of b2b that seemed like something that I could leverage and then but when it really kind of made sense, because it's still just a gamble until basically I started doing 30 days to paid. And like I just sort of nailed it down as right. I'm going to start getting serious about sort of DMing these people, this type of, you know, people in the edtech space. And then because you're never really sure. But then when you finally actually get someone in the edtech industry who's like, yes, I would like your services. And it's like, OK, so it kind of validates you. as OK you there are people that actually need my help if I'm honest like my personal passion is sort of I don't know kind of philosophy and content creation and and I don't know that kind of area so I still I love watching YouTubers who are who talk about kind of self-development and philosophy so I'd love to kind of create content for those sorts of people but uh, I think at the moment, there's a bit, as you know, it's like a, such a huge industry, ed, ed tech and tech and stuff. So, yeah, I'm going to try and stick with that. Yeah. And I, I like that you said that, too. It's like I might pivot in the future because all you're doing now is getting the experience under your belt. You're sharpening your skills. You're learning how to deal with clients. You're you're hitting deadlines. You're doing what you need to be doing. And when you are ready to pursue a different avenue, you're just going to take everything you've learned with you. And as someone in... Yeah. I have pivoted several different times in terms of which type of tech I'm focusing on and which which industry I'm focusing on. So it's that's yeah. why the niche decision stops a lot of people up and they overthink it. But you don't have to because you can always change and pivot. Yeah. And that is really refreshing because, you know, in the sort of the edu- coming from an education background, it's just like it's more kind of like, you know, structured and it's more like, well, you just you do this. But what I like about writing and the sort of creative industry in general is that, that people just are more flexible and and there's sort of more opportunities like, yeah, go for it. And sort of entrepreneurship as well. Like if it works, then go for it. So I really, I find that really inspiring. It's something that I hadn't sort of come across before in the, in the type of work I was doing. So yeah, I like that. Yeah. Tell me about the specifics about, 30 days to paid your experience in the course and what it's helped you accomplish. Yeah. So, I mean, when I first kind of signed up for those days to paid, I was really, I was kind of like, 
okay, because I, I, I it'd been on my radar for a long time, and I was just like, yeah, I, I kind of knew that I was going to sign up for it at some point, but I kind of just was waiting, and then I, and then I was just pretty desperate because I'd I left my teaching job. I hadn't really got anything else coming in. I got a certain amount of savings, but it was just like I really need to to get something going. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to do 30 days to pay because it's so focused on, unlike many of the courses, right? Look, this is what you do in order to get clients in, and this is and you and you use this particular type of DM, and you and you have, as you say, you, you have all your sort of hens in a row or whatever or ducks in a row before you get started basically and then and then and that really appealed to me because it's like okay this is practical action and I like the sort of 30 day thing so I had it up on my up on my wall up here like my ticking my days off saying how many DMs I'd sent and everything. So yeah that's so it was quite late on after I'd kind of resigned from my job that I I got the I sort of bought the course but I was really glad that I that I'd got it yeah. That's amazing. I love to hear that. And I love, I love hearing from the students that take the methodology on board and say like, okay, she laid out this time frame. Here's how many messages I have to send. And I do yeah. think this mix, I find that the most successful students have a mix of like, you said desperation where it's like, okay, I have a savings. I don't have anything coming in, but then there's mm. also, if you take the desperation too far, like some students get way, way too in their head. So that stops mm. that. It's like this, and that's where I was, was this perfect combination of like, I need this to work because I don't have an income, but I also was keeping a level head about it was like, okay, let's just see where this goes. And I think it's that balance of desperation and aloofness that results in getting the client. Yeah, completely. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about the challenges you were facing before 30 days to paid. So you're probably consuming a lot of information and like wondering, okay, where do I start? What do I do? What did it look like before you joined 30 Days to Paid and got the roadmap? There was, oh man, there was so much money spent on courses. It was just, I mean, it was, it felt like, I, I felt so disillusioned with the idea of, I, th I just thought you're an idiot. You've, you've kind of basically, you've quit your job. I've got responsibilities, got a wife and a child. And like, I'm at a later stage in my life. I'm not in my twenties. I'm not living on my own. You know what I've actually done. And I purchased all these courses. Some of them are just sitting there and I've bit, I mean, I've still got courses that I, that I bought that were just kind of like videos that I've just not even really looked at and I paid hundreds of pounds for them. Um, so I mean, I, I did a couple of courses that were good, and the, and there's the AWI, AWAI one, which for BTB, which was which was good, and so I gained stuff from the ones that I did use, but I had definitely had I kind of was it was overload in terms of the amount of stuff that I was consuming and just off off the internet and you know YouTube and everything, so I really I kind of it was yeah it was a sense of like I've just. I don't really know what I'm doing. And it was, you know, I was kind of flailing around, not really getting any kind of, any kind of, well, I'm not getting any work in really. So that's, you know, why I said, you know, I, I, what appealed to me about 30 Days of Pay was just this just sort of roadmap to actually getting yourself some, some clients really. 
what would you say about the course was different that kind of kept you going through the modules? Because I think that's such a big fear. Even for me as somebody who consumes courses too, I'm like, oh my God, I'm afraid I'm going to buy this and just not consume it or not finish it. And then I'm going to feel like a loser because I didn't do it. Like, what would you say kept you going through the modules and seeing it to completion? Yeah, it was. So what you offer, which other people didn't was there was. So it's the fact that you, I mean, I think it's a, it's a lot cheaper than other people you get. There's so much more value in it for a lot lower price. So that's, that's appealing. But within that, then it's the fact that there's, the video sections which I went through I think it's the I think it's the the actual content of the videos making doing very practical things about right here's how you set up you know your, your portfolio and your and your LinkedIn and all these other things and then here's how you send the DMs and and so that that emphasis on action and not so much worried about types of writing or things like that like that's maybe not i think you said before in some of your videos like it's kind of almost secondary to actually the other stuff of which i agree with and uh, so there's that but then there's also i think it's the fact that you give you're very generous with your help like there's so you give so much of your help to the people in the course and you open it up for like you've got the slack channel or actually the communities and and that's open for for the for the year and so you've got we have as as students in the course we've we are members of a community so we can ask each other and chatting to some of the other people from the community is awesome as well and then you're dipping in and and you're just going yes brilliant get you've done really well and you're kind of like hyping us up and it really does feel like you know, you're part of something. And so I think that was, that's a really attractive aspect of the course. I think that's really, a really great bit of it. That's amazing. I love to hear that because that's what I'm trying to do is create that community feel and just give writers a place where they can literally like be in action, but then come back to a group and say, I just did this. What do you think about this? Because that was what was missing for me when I first started. It was just like me on my own trying to figure this whole thing out. And I didn't discover groups and all that until much later. Tell me about your experience writing for clients so far. Like, okay, I let me break this into two pieces. Number one, you broke into tech and it doesn't sound like you had tech experience. A lot of people are intimidated by breaking into mm. technology niche. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I guess because I, I, yeah, I'm kind of, it's, it's something that is hugely fascinating to me. And I, I have this really weird relationship with technology where I kind of like, I have a love hate relationship with it anyway. And I think a lot about technology in terms of the way in which it kind of, it kind of entraps us all in some ways and yet also frees us in others. So I do a lot of things about that. And, and I'm a massive, I'm quite an early adopter of stuff and I, and I, I love my tech and yet I also kind of hate it at the same time. So, but so I think it's because of that that it didn't really phase me. And and obviously education technology is something that as a teacher, you kind of you come across, you use yourself. So you're kind of aware of the the user interface of it already. And so you kind of know 
that aspect of it so you know what teachers are looking for from it and you know what students might be looking for so I mean yeah so I, I guess I wasn't put off I can't, it's kind of attractive to me it is kind of like one of the more attractive niches that I could go into I would say just because of my personal interest mixing sort of tech with education so yeah that's amazing. I love to hear that. And I like, I want everyone to hear that because people are very intimidated, but it's like just being a user of technology qualifies you to have this vantage point to be able to write about it. It's not as intimidating as people think. No, completely. Yeah, it's true. What ultimately made you decide to join? I know you said before that you were kind of you were like, okay, I've spent enough money on courses. I am not working right now. Like, what do you think was the ultimate decision that pushed you over the edge and made you enroll in 30 days to paid? Yeah, just wanting to get real about, you know, okay, what do I need to do now to actually get a client in? And uh, and so that was the thing that kind of pushed me over the edge. And, you know, just also, I think, a lot of your videos you're keeping it real like that you come across as someone who isn't like there's not there's no bs it's like it is what it is and i think that's also a kind of yeah an attractive element of of the course i think so I, so i think it's like i can see that and i can the way that you talk about your story about you know your past and everything that you know it kind of is inspirational and you think, okay, well, you know, Christine can do it and there's other people in the, in the course doing it. So maybe this is something I could actually do. So I find that sort of inspirational as well. So that's why I sort of thought, okay, I'm going to go for it now. (laughs) I love that. I, I get that feedback a lot. They're like, your videos are very real. And someone in the intake form was like, I enrolled because in your videos you don't yell and like raise your voice I was like okay <laughs> there's a lot of yelling videos yeah no it's true yeah. actually <laughs> a lot of people are like very animated I guess which you yeah. know depends on what your taste is I guess um did you have like a finite goal going in like okay I'm gonna like land a client like what was your goal going in I think I, yeah, I just, I just wanted to get a client to prove to myself that I could do it because like mindset was, I had a lot of limiting beliefs about what I could do. And I think that's become clear to me over this last year, because it's been about a year since I decided, oh, just over a year since I decided to make the leap into freelancing. And it's amazing how much you discover about how your limiting beliefs are actually holding you back. And you, until you actually, like, you can hear people talking about it and the community's help and everything. But then I think it's like, I just wanted to get a client, not someone that was like a friend of a friend, <laughs> you know, someone who I had actually sent a DM to using your pitching method and getting them to respond and saying, yeah, actually, we would like some work. And when I did, it was like, aha, it's a eureka moment. And this actually works. This, it can be done. I, I was awful at pitching. Like, I, I mean, I think I said before, I'm really inconsistent and I still something I kind of got to work on. But so, so that was my goal. And that was what I achieved after about, about four weeks, five weeks of doing it. And then it snowballed a bit since then. So I love 
when you shared that in the Slack group, because you were like, this just gives me the confidence that I can do this. And it's like a mindset shift. And I always try to say that when I'm in videos and stuff, it's like, if you can just get one decently paying client, it's really just a rinse and repeat process after that and incrementally raising your rates and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Yeah, that I mean, that's what's really exciting about it is that that's theoretically possible again and again and again. So yeah, totally. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are discouraged and like potentially are ready to give up, and maybe they've been pitching and they're doing the right things and they just haven't seen the result. What would you say to those people who are just frustrated? Yeah, just I think consistency and and if you've got. I mean, one thing I think I would do differently, perhaps, is I. a lot of people get desperate because they need the money coming in and they haven't got the money coming in and they get really. And so there's a kind of a action and then reaction because they they quit their job, feels like a heroic thing to do. They start pitching. They don't get any response. The money runs out and then they have to go back into probably an even crappier job than the one they had. And and so there's a kind of desperation there. If you don't, I think if I had have not, if I could have gone down to sort of part-time and then done this just on the side, I think that would have been, for for someone in my position in life anyway, I don't know, maybe other people will be different, but for me, that might have made more sense. So I think if you are sort of feeling desperate about it, maybe don't, don't make it your only source of of income. Like do it, just do it as in every spare moment that you can. Like if you're really passionate about it, if it's, a, and that's another reason to, to get into a niche that you really enjoy writing about and then, and just do that. And then that would, at some point, you're going to get something and then you can slowly phase out the work. So yeah, I think that would be my advice really. I love that because- For me, it was having like a small meager savings account that kept me from getting into that really desperate place where I was getting very discouraged. Like I just knew I don't need to take this low paying client. I know I can walk away from this situation because it's, Mm. I'm not going to be destitute if Mm. it doesn't Mm -hmm. work. So yeah, for many people who are, who don't have a savings, they I think that little flow of income, part-time, whatever can help you energetically. Mm. Mm. Yeah, completely. What would you say to someone, I'll end it on this. What would you say to someone who is on the fence about joining 30 Days to Paid? Just do it. I mean, it really, it's totally worth it. It, I mean, the value you get in terms of the community, the help from you, you know, it's, insane and compared to other courses where they're just slapping some videos there and charging you 800 quid or whatever it's like it's so worth it if you're starting a business you know business people need to invest in themselves and investing in yourself with your course is a premium investment that will definitely pay dividends so it's a no-brainer really i would say I love it awesome all right matthew if anyone wants to connect with you and ask you questions or get philosophy advice from you where can they connect with you so you could go to matt livermore writer on instagram or yeah i've got my well the philosophy i've got mr livermore.com is my philosophy uh, blog so you could contact me on there